What's up, everybody? You're listening to World Your Oyster, and I'm your host, Paula Sanders. And today I am reporting to you live from the floor of my podcast studio, sitting on a heating pad because I have pinched a nerve in my back because I have gotten to the age where you can no longer hold heavy things for a prolonged period of time without it requiring some PT, some chiropractor, a little bit of cupping and some magical handwork by your best friend who's an athletic trainer. I am getting better, but (laughs) it has been kind of a wild journey. I always felt that when people complained that they had like back pain or shoulder pain or elbow pain, that they were just being, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? That they were being dramatic, if I'm being honest with you, until... I got some back pain. And let me tell you, that shit is debilitating. So (laughs) I have been taking it slower than usual. And, you know, if you have known me for a while or if you're new on this journey with me, you know that movement is everything to me. It's my meditation. It's my sanity. And I have not been able to work out during this time, which has been really rough for me and challenging, even though it's only been six days. That's a lot for me. Now, typically I would be going crazy. I would be driving everybody in my life insane because I can't get my movement in and I would be incredibly irritable, but I have been doing something during this time that I don't typically do because I would like to say that I am trying to get on the high vibration of life lately. So I've taken this time, one, to actually rest, to listen to the doctor's orders and to not work out. I've also taken this time to find gratitude. And how am I doing that? So as I said, I cannot work out, but I can walk. And it's been unseasonably warm here in New York City, which has been lovely. So I've been taking the time to actually walk home from work the last few days. And it is about a 45 to 50 minute walk. And I've been taking new routes every single time, and I have just been using these walks as a form of meditation. And I have been taking the time to think about the things that I am grateful for, not just in this time where I have to slow down, but in life in general, because being able to get up and even just use my legs is a tremendous blessing. Being able to wake up in my dream home in New York City, to be able to walk from my office to my home, that is a blessing. To be able to wake up in a beautiful bed next to my husband who I love so much, That is a blessing to be able to call my mother or my father or my stepmother, my brothers, anybody in my life, that is a blessing. And it really took me having to slow down to remember that. So I am just tremendously grateful. This is the pearl in my oyster this week to have this time to just slow down before the new year and to really dig deep inside and and find gratitude in these moments. And it's been such an incredible practice for me. And now the irony in this is that this week you are finally going to get to meet Hillary Hoffman of Soto Method, who I have been talking nonstop with you guys about since I started season two of this podcast. Now, if you're new here, Soto Method is a workout that has literally changed my life. I have found it in a time where I desperately needed it, where I was going through this journey with my hormones and I really needed a way to 
workout that was going to like challenge my body, but was also not going to spike my cortisol and throw my body into a total disaster. And in walks Hillary Hoffman out of nowhere. And not only did her workouts really change me, but our friendship also has been so meaningful. Hillary is so smart. She just gets it. She is a workout instructor that is not annoying. That is so self-aware. And I just have truly enjoyed watching her on this journey. And I am just so proud to be part of her circle. And I am so excited to introduce you all to her because she has such an incredible story, such an interesting journey. Another one that started out her professional career at Goldman Sachs and then transitioned into something even more beautiful that really suited her life and the things that were important to her. So Stay tuned. I am so happy that you finally get to meet Hillary Hoffman and enjoy the interview. Oh my God, in the flesh, Hillary. Oh, Paula. Welcome to World's Your Oyster. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm so honored. No, I am honored. Seriously, since I, well, I came to your class in the mm-hmm. Hamptons, this is how this all begins, guys. I get invited to a class in the Hamptons by a friend, and I'm like, of course I'll go because I'm always down for a workout. Yep. Not having any idea that like this was going to kind of change my world in a way, because as your work, obviously it was an incredible workout, but I didn't really think too much about it. I thought a little bit about you. And I remember hearing you tell some of your story Mm -hmm. and I got home and that weekend I moved. Okay. And all of a sudden my hormones went berserk. Yep. It showed up all over my face. I had acne literally from head to toe. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. I was all messed up. So I started to do some research about what are the things that I can change? Because I also was then, I moved by the way, and then I was going on vacation. So I'm like, I don't really have time to go to a doctor to figure this out in three days. Totally. What can I do to help myself Mm -hmm. in the short term? And I started reading about a lot about working out and eating. And it turns out that I was basically doing everything wrong when it comes to taking care of yourself and your hormonal health. Totally. I was fasting 16 hours a day mm-hmm. and I was doing high intensity interval training and boot camps on my off days. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. The body's not happy with that. Yes. So I thought back and I said, wow, I just took that class last week that I mm-hmm. really liked, which was 45 minutes. It was short bursts of movements. It yeah. was hard AF but it, it wasn't a boot camp, Right. So let me, I got to find this woman. <laughs> I must find her. And the rest is history. Oh. So I can't thank you enough for bringing Soto into my life. It has been instrumental to me. Oh. I now look forward to waking up every day, which oh. sounds like a little weird, but no. like I literally wake up. I look forward to like, it's almost like this meditation now. I, I grab my ankle weights. I grab my, my resistance bands. I go downstairs and I'm just happy. And I'm like, you know, now I'm filming myself. Now I'm becoming a little, I'm becoming a fit fluencer. And (laughs) I like, she must think I'm a freak. (laughs) I, I think that for anyone that's building a business, especially when it's something that involves an experience and involves your participation, Anytime you can share that via whether it's Instagram or a text or a DM or an email, it means more than I could ever say, because when you're sharing something that is benefiting you from a physical and mental standpoint, that does make you feel happy that you're seeing physical changes that make you feel strong. Mm -hmm. That's the way that brands like myself have been built. So your voice, you are my marketing channel. (sighs) 
So it really it's glad to be me. glad to be. So that means go ahead and, and share the love people for sure. Yes, but yes. you know, it, and, and not just the body changes for me, like my skin is in a much better place. Yep. I'm sleeping again and I'm just feeling like overall super motivated and happy. So I would love to dive into yes. your story a little bit because sure. you're an unconventional fitness founder. I know yeah. that your journey starts in finance. So please tell us how you go from, uh, you know, Excel spreadsheets to yep. Soto method. Great question. And <laughs> I think that what I've learned throughout the journey of building Soto is you are a product of so many accumulated experiences and don't rush it because if you were to talk to me seven years ago, this wouldn't have even been a thought that I was going to do this. And I think it's important that my mindset at that point in time wasn't on building Soto or even thinking about it because I was really rooted in the fact that I wanted to be the best at the job that I was doing on that day. And so the way I got into finance was my dad worked in finance, grew up with it my whole life. So it was dinner conversation. So I felt really adept in talking about it as I grew up. I was a French major. I, not that I regret it, but it was definitely a peculiar choice given yeah. that I haven't spoken French since reading Voltaire. What did you year. think you were going to do with that? No idea. Go to France? You know what? There were some, <laughs> some bizarre ambitions probably at that point in time okay. that I would apply it. But what I am thrilled is I really did follow things that I loved. And so what tends to happen is when you do enjoy a subject, you end up getting great grades. And so mm -hmm. I was able to have a great resume, have a great GPA. So going to Goldman Sachs, it was actually a possibility. Amazing. And I think that just like my job at Goldman Sachs, I was an unconventional hire, French major, art history minor. And where I think they saw potential in me was in my ability to communicate effectively, to also think about things differently. And I wasn't afraid to admit what I did not know. So went into the sales and trading program, I spent six and a half years on the trading floor, primarily as an equity derivatives trader. I genuinely liked my job. There was nothing about that job that I found to be anything other than the right kind of challenging. Hmm. However, very sedentary lifestyle. It was sitting for immense hours. My old schedule used to be waking up at 4.45, going to my workout at 5 a.m., coming back to my apartment, showering from 6 to 6.30, literally booking it to Goldman. Right. Um, I lived within walking distance, so I would run there. I remember one time I ran and I literally left my shoe. Anyone that has ever gone to the Goldman Sachs building, they know that there are two crosswalks. Yeah, and I know them. <laughs> and they're long. And the thing is, they they think that you can make it across both in 20 seconds. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Like you really have to move at a yeah. quick pace. So I'll never forget multiple mornings when I was in a rush, like a flat would fall off and I'd no. be running back. You just leave it? Oh, <laughs> it's there, like you there, sacrifice the shoe. There were times like, maybe I should sacrifice the shoe so that I can blame the shoe for being late. And then I can run 10 minutes late and actually nap while- Did you have to be there at 8, 8.30? I had to be there during my trading time. Like I had to be there at 6.50. And that, was, and that was honestly late. Like 6.50 was after two years. Typically it was 6 a.m. for the majority of, of the beginning years. No, thank you. It was a lot. <laughs> uh, needless to say, got to my desk, I was sitting there. And then when the trading day would end, I would have client dinners. So it would go from a sitting at your desk for X number of hours to sitting at a dinner table for X number of hours. And at the time I loved it. It's getting to experience New York City, working yeah, in that seat, getting to go to great restaurants, meet really interesting people, learn from unbelievable leaders. Couldn't have asked for a better place to build a soft skill set. However, my journey kind of changed when my husband got a job in Los Angeles. I moved internally with Goldman. I was in private wealth management at the time. Again, didn't leave for any other reason then. It just wasn't a fit in LA. And I wanted to give finance one last shot. I'm gonna briefly go over the next phase of my life just because I have to be mindful of what I say, but yeah, of course. went into commercial real estate, 
Yep. Did not have a good experience there. <laughs> uh, I will say that there are moments in time where when you are tasked with an environment that does not support you in the way that you had anticipated, acknowledging that the environment is never going to work for you is very important because mm. I think if you are a type A person, 99% of us are going to blame ourselves for not advancing and you're going to muscle through something. And I'll come back to this, but a lot of the language that I use in Soto was foster during this time. Ended up leaving that job. I found a guardian angel in this world, this incredible woman that worked for Oak Tree Capital Management. She understood my situation. She said before starting Soto, work for me for three months as a consultant. You can build your business. But I would love to just show you that you can make it in finance if you so choose. And so wow. I worked for her for three months. Unbelievable experience. I feel in incredible gratitude towards her because I think one of the many misconceptions that someone can have with my story is, did she just run away from finance? Right. Was it not serving her? Was she running away? Was this a vain pursuit? And on the contrary, I actually took the time to try it one more time. And I loved my job so much there that it actually was a real moment to choose. Like, what path was I going to take? Right. And I could honestly say, though, that I was running towards the experience of building my own company. And I think it was a very critical three months of my life was it the hardest three months of my life? There's been a lot of hardest, but it was probably the hardest from the perspective of I was working two full-time jobs at the same time. I respected this woman so much that I wanted to make sure that the three months that I was working for the firm, I gave 110%. Right. And at the same time though, I wanted to give 110% to Soto so that I knew I was making the right call. Those are the moments that talk about things that you don't see. Like no one saw that time because I was building Soto as a side hustle and I was in stealth mode. I right. did not post on Instagram. I did not, unless you saw me in person, I wasn't sharing it with you because I wanted to be very confident in this decision-making process of what I was going to do with my career. That's crazy. So you did not just throw shit at a wall and see what sucked. There was true intention behind Perfectly everything put. that you you built yes. with Soto. Yes. So how did you get into the method? How did you come, yeah. come to all of it? So I would say that the method, it was a thought in my brain for a long time. So I ran competitively in high school. I did not run in college. However, I had great cross training techniques that I brought with me to college. So I was in the gym five days a week when I was in school. I was mocked for it. Like when I tell you it was part of my persona at the school was that Hillary was in gym clothes. She was going to be at the gym. She was going to make time right. for it. But I loved it then. And I never experienced paralysis. When I did step into a gym, I knew what to do. And I credit that a lot to my coach who taught me how to playing, taught me how to squat, all the important functional movements that are incorporated into Soto, I learned at a young age. But I would say that I kind of let whatever I was doing on my own in college go when I went to Goldman because I loved the experience of boutique fitness. I loved trusting other people because at that point in time, that was my one hour to shut off and right. just- Meditate almost yes. in a way. It's like a silent meditation. Perfectly put. And I wanted to connect with my body and my mind and just get to unleash for an hour without- the pressure of designing my own program. Mm. Were you ever nervous because you loved fitness so much? Like for me, I yeah. love fitness so much. Everyone's always like, you should just go teach fitness. Like, you know, yeah. you would be an amazing Peloton instructor. Yeah. I'm like, that's my solace. That is my love. Such and I a just, good point. I would be terrified to. It's such a really, it's a great observation because what I will tell you is I did not start Soto because I loved teaching or I had this need to, even be an entrepreneur. Soto came from a legitimate problem that I had and I solved it. 
And that's where your roots of your business initially take place. It's a really strong infrastructure to build off of. Mm. And so for me, fast forward, now I'm working at a job that I don't really love. It's COVID. It's even a more sedentary time than I'm used to. And I just realized that I was being stifled with my workouts I was doing online because nothing took into account the fact that I was sitting all day. I hated watching teachers demonstrate. I didn't like counting reps. There were so many things that were frustrating me about current programs that I needed to fix for myself. Right. So I went back to this concept of isometrics and I would turn on other programs and I would use it as like a timekeeper and I would design my own Sotos. And I remember I had my whiteboard, I'd write down my version of Soto and I would do it. And I would come out of it being like, damn, that was part of my language. That was fucking great. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> and do whatever you want. I would, I would do it on a daily basis. On my 30th birthday, I had not slept in two months. This job was really taking a toll on me. And as someone that was an overachieving type A person, I woke up on my 30th birthday and I remember the first thing I said was like, this cannot be it. This cannot be it. I did not work as hard as I did as a fourth grader to run the school store, to then go to high school and again, like work extremely hard to be the salutatorian and then go to college and get this GPA and then go to Goldman to just Just say you're a salutatorian. I was, I will be honest with you. Oh my God, so you're smart. But I'm going to tell, I have not really shared this, but you got salutatorian because you were the senior class president. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I definitely was into okay. studying and I had great grades, yeah. but I never want to fake. I don't want to fake it. I don't okay. want to lie. Don't want to lie. Good. That's good. Lying is not we, good. We're not here yeah, for that. We're not here for that. We're not here for that. But, but still, I mean, you got to, you gave a speech at your graduation. Speech. Yes. <gasps> and, love. <laughs> and love that. Yeah. And I think that thinking about all these past experiences and where it took me with Soto is I woke up on that morning and I had already been going through the experience of having conversations with people who I admired, who I thought loved their jobs, just to start to get an inkling as to what motivates them and what has kept them invested in what they're doing professionally. Mm. Soto, again, was still something I was doing for just myself. Fast forward four weeks, I called one of my best friends and we were just having a catch up and I kind of floated the idea of Soto by her really just in passing. And she was the first person who said, this is not a, this is actually a pretty interesting concept. Yeah. Explore it. And that gave me permission. And so from January of 2021 until August of 2021, it became my side hustle. Okay. So that's what, five, six months. That's six months. Yep. And at this time, so you are with the woman or no, you're still at the- So still with the old company. The commercial real estate. And then in the other three months. So the second half of that year. I think it was April 15th. That was a great day. I got to leave that old job. <laughs> See ya. Bye. I had three <laughs> weeks off before starting with yeah. the tree. And that to me was a really great time because it gave me three weeks to focus on Soto as my full-time job for the first time of my life. And it got me ready to, again, do one more side hustle, yeah. three-month period. And I'm the 100th millionth person to say this, but side hustles are very, very important because mm-hmm. you don't want to strip the creativity out of the beginning stages of, of whatever you're creating because- Yeah, by being strapped. Totally. And and you want to be very receptive to critical feedback. Yeah. And when, if there's any desperation in the fact that it has to work, you're going to be less receptive to it. Yeah. And the only reason why Soto has morphed into what it is today is because of the critical feedback I got then. Initially, Soto was, I actually started with reps. I started with 60 second holds and reps afterwards. And my husband was the first person to say, this is overly complicated. And I can tell you that when your partner is giving you feedback, you always have to take a deep breath because it's the one that's the most, you're always the most sensitive to it. Yeah. 
but I'm grateful that he said it. And then, Meaning like 16 and then switch instead of time. Yes. So okay. it was initially reps and then he was the one that called me out on it. He goes, you're, I thought you hated this. And I'm like, you're right. You know what? I've got to get smarter. I've got to think about this differently. And then I switched to time. Mm. And the second I switched to time, I enjoyed the experience more. Those taking the class enjoyed it more. And I was yep. able to really think about working out from the lens of efficiency and predictability and the way that those two can be married to one another to deliver real results. So tell us what the program is. I know the program because I do it, yep. but tell the people. <laughs> so SOTO stands for 60 on, 10 on. Like most Genesis stories, it might be overly complicated to tell you what SOTO stands for, but regardless, it was important for me to be as clear and communicative as possible before you started because what that roadmap does is anytime we're cueing a muscle in the body in SOTO, it's going to follow the same roadmap. We're going to start with a 60-second isometric hold. So think lunge, plank, anytime you're neither lengthening nor shortening the muscle fibers. We then go into 10 moves for 20 seconds each. That's that TO. That's a working block of time of four minutes and 20 seconds. More often than not, those 10 moves are five moves that we repeat twice. I stack different muscle groups on top of each other to deliver you a full body workout following that predictable situation. Mm -hmm. Before any class, I'm going to tell you exactly what to expect. So let's say we're doing a Soto sculpt, your flow of class, cardio, arms, legs, right glute, left glute. In this case, we'll say a side series, mm -hmm. abs on back, planking, class ends. Mm -hmm. Each section, four minutes and 20 seconds. Each section divided into a 60 second hold with five moves that we repeat twice. Why did I decide on this? This is what I want to know. <laughs> For three reasons. In Soto, I'm going to tell you from the very beginning, it's a results-focused program, meaning mm -hmm. you're going to feel it. You are going to find your limit and you're going to push past it. The way that we're going to do that together is by bringing your body into stage two muscle failure. And through a static hold, like a lunge or a squat. It kills. It, we're, <laughs> we're igniting your muscle ASAP. Yeah. But we're also taking 60 seconds to make sure that we're killing it with the form so that you feel deep resistance without any pain. We're then going to build on that isometric hold with dynamic movement. What ends up happening in SOTO is I'm giving you a target, four minutes and 20 seconds. Stage two muscle failure might happen in second 45. That's okay. We have to have targets in place in order to stay accountable. Mm -hmm. And so I will constantly remind you, it's okay if you break. It's okay if you modify. All I care about in SOTO is that you fight for one second longer than you think you can. Because mm -hmm. that is your version of a rep. Six seconds today with consistency will turn to seven. And onwards we go until four minutes and 20 seconds. As in life as well. I seriously think of that thing that you say all the time. Yes. Like as I'm going through my day, I'm like, just, just one, just one more email, Paula, just one more phone call, you know, like you could like, just do it. Totally. And you're, just do it. and what's amazing is every time you send that other email, you take that extra step, all of a sudden, here's your baseline. You've leveled up Yeah, and you get to keep leveling up. And that's, what's great. And that's what I love about Soto. It's infinite progress. Your 20 seconds can look different every single time you come back. Mm -hmm. Why is the class efficient? The class <laughs> is efficient because of those 60 seconds holds. So yes, they're igniting the working muscle group. Yes, they're going to give me 60 seconds to make sure that we're nailing it with the form and staying super safe, but it's also your active recovery. So we'll go from our 60-second arm hold to our 10 moves for 20 seconds each. Mm -hmm. You'll drop your weights and you'll meet me in a squat. Two things happen. Your upper body recovers. So you are feeling gratitude for me. You're like, okay, great. I can do this. Upper body feels awesome. In that same second, however, we're activating your quads, your glutes, your abductors. Same second, two functions, so much efficiency. 
Even better, I now have 60 seconds to demonstrate the five moves that we're doing twice. And we don't have to stop, which I love. You don't have to stop. I hate the stopping. Do you know why? And you should hate the stopping is because when you turned on Soto, when you came to a class, you committed to doing 35 minutes of working out. Every second that you're watching me, that's a second taken away from something that you've committed to. Yep. I am very mindful of that. And I respect that. And I want to make sure that every second that we're together, you are building new strength. Mm -hmm. And so that is why I want to be very specific with the roadmap, the predictability, and my language. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I'll say is, so yes, it's efficient. But the third element of Soto that I'm very, very mindful of is approachability. What's so wonderful about a Soto class is you could be next to anyone. They could be a former Super Bowl winning champion, a super, or rather a former gold medal winning athlete. You could have just given birth to twins. You could be an accountant. You could be an analyst. You could be anything. Your 20 seconds are all the same, which means you can't win. You get to go at your own pace. You get to scale accordingly. And so there's no moment in class where you feel like you're falling behind. And I always felt like I was falling behind in rep-based classes. And I would look around and be like, how am I on rep six, yet you're on rep 50? Something's not adding up here. Yeah. Am I going to Everyone's bodies are just different and and built different. And people are built different. And I wanted to make sure that you would feel empowered to at least try in a Soto class Mm -hmm. without feeling like you're not doing enough at any point in time. So it's a very specific way that you speak when you teach the class. I yes. feel like it's a it's a very specific way to motivate. So was there thought and intention behind that? A thousand percent. The best compliment I can ever get is someone saying you're not annoying. I'm like, <laughs> you're not annoying at all, actually. And I, I really care about that because I know how I felt being in classes where someone speaking just really doesn't get me or doesn't yeah. get my reality. And so and also this isn't about the teacher. Yeah. This is not about me. You don't need to know what I eat. You don't no. need to know what's going on in my relationships. Not because I don't think that I, that those are valid emotions or what I'm feeling, but it's not about me. It's about you. Yeah. And so I want you to feel acknowledged every moment that we're together. And the way that I can keep the class about that is by talking about what you should and should not be feeling. How should your glutes feel? What should you not be feeling in your back? And when it relates to mindset, I want everything we do in this space to relate to what you're doing professionally and personally. And so this concept of agency, this concept of willpower, this concept of choice, you said it very well in the beginning. Planking for me is very much my meditation. Mm. And when I started Soto, especially doing a Soto sweat, which is the longest, hardest class that I teach, in your final plank series, when you're at your most fatigued, you actually get to mimic what it's like to be in your final hour of sitting at your desk. Accessing greatness when you're tired is the hardest thing to do, but it's also when it matters most. How do you function? How do you process emotions? And how do you respond when you feel fatigued? And what you get to play with at that point where it gets really fun mentally is there's a difference between reaction and response. Hmm. Reaction is impulse. Oh my God, my I'm, I'm tired. I want this to be over. I'm just going to quit. Versus response. You know what? I'm feeling deep resistance in my core. Can I hold on for an extra second? Yes, I can. Yeah. That conversation only happens when the body starts to fail us. And that's what I try and tap into at the very end so that when you are at your desk, when you are saying to yourself, do I have five more minutes to give? Mm -hmm. You're like, I 
I held a plank at the very end of a soda sweat class. I absolutely can sit at my desk for five more minutes. Yeah. It's interesting this morning when I was taking the class, I was like, you know what? The, the word that kept coming into my mind about you is like, she's so self-aware. Oh, that's the greatest compliment. <laughs> like she's Thank just you. completely so, like the most self-aware instructor that I've ever taken a classroom. And I don't know why that's the word that kept coming to me, but I'm just like, she's saying exactly what I need to hear in the moment. And I love that you even started most of your classes by saying, this is the first time I've gotten to stand up today because it makes you feel it's it's real instead yeah. of like, you know, a lot of times I think, okay, well, this person, this is what they do. They work out all day. That's why they look this way. You're yeah. like, I actually haven't stood up all day today. So mm -hmm. I'm so happy to be doing this soda class with you. Yes. Let's get to work. And I'm just yes. like, okay, thank you. Now this feels like a normal human being that's teaching me that completely understands where I'm coming from. She might be feeling fatigued in the same places that I'm yeah. feeling. And I'm just like, okay, this is wonderful. <laughs> no, and I think that there's a lot of ways you can build trust with your community. Some historically in the world of fitness, a lot of people built trust through saying, I've done this for 10 years. I have a very different approach. I look at you and I say, I have been you for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so my awareness is less about what did I read in the textbook? And it's more of how did I feel in the moment when I was taking this version of a class, when I was sitting at a desk and I had my best friend's birthday party at 9 p.m. that night, but I also had a client dinner at 5 and I know that I only have 15 minutes to work out, but I'm sitting for the rest of the day. What does that person want to hear? Yeah. And I think that that person wants to be acknowledged for a few things. One, they want to be acknowledged that they made the time and they're here and, and that's enough. The second thing that they might not want to hear, but should hear is you're going to feel this. If the equation reads that you want results, so that's your end. So you have your equal sign, results. You have your two variables, X and Y. The X is short on time. There's only one thing why can be. It's going to be effort. And it's going to be maybe a little bit more intense than you mentally want in that moment. But I think that intensity has too often been misconstrued with torture and pain. I have, in my mind at least, redefined what intensity is, where we can deliver you an impactful program that's going to push you to your limit but that limit is going to be defined as where you feel resistance without pain. Mm. So what does Soto Method look like when you first go to market? Because you said, you know, this was something that you were in self mode, you weren't talking about it. So yeah. when you decide to go to market, what does this look like for you? So, I mean, the funniest thing is the first version of Soto ever, what I had in my mind was a stackable, customizable program. So what I thought was I was going to record it's a very modular class. Mm -hmm. So when I explained that Soto Sculpt and all those different muscle groups, what I thought I was going to do is I was going to record short format classes. And put them on an app or... And then you could pick and choose what you want to do. Two things I've learned. One, that from a developer cost, I wasn't there yet. But cost a lot of money. Cost Anytime you want to build a custom app, you are looking at a really huge investment. And it was always app focused for you. You never wanted to like build studios in the beginning I, or... It's a great question. I always wanted Omnichannel in person and app. Mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out the app first because I knew that was going to be the hardest from a mental standpoint because I, it's something that's so new to me. But there's also something I learned in the meantime, which was people want you to not tell them what to do, but to guide them. And I was like, wow, if I'm making people choose, that's another part of their brain that, you know what? That's better used for that person to sit at their desk and send that extra email. Mm. Let me guide you. Let me choose for you. Let me help you craft these programs. So that idea became a little bit more obsolete. So again, that's the whole idea of having six months to play with it. When I launched, call it two years ago now, I launched with Soto Sculpt. That was my class. Your 35 minute full body class with some express classes on the side. That has since changed. Clients have told me, I want an arms, ass, and abs class. 
Enter AAA, created that one. Soto Sweat did exist, but I had clients start to say like, I want three cardio. I want two cardio. I want four cardio. So then I started creating classes based on their needs. And that's how the platform has evolved. I am in my DMs all the time. I'm in my email inbox all the time because the suggestions that I get from clients shape the platform to being as powerful as it is because it's a reflection of what they want to do. Right. And from an omni-channel business standpoint, the in-person classes, I got very, very lucky. My house in LA had a detached garage that sat underneath this crazy avocado tree. And I would teach in-person classes there. Oh, amazing. I could open up my garage doors. So I would host personals there. I had classes Tuesday and Thursday nights. I could fit four people at the time. Okay. I would sell them out. I feel so proud of myself. <laughs> and then as the community grew, I opened up the garage doors and I put spots on the ground. And all of a sudden that four person- Were class, the neighbors like, what the hell is going on? Or was there, did you have a gate? <laughs> it actually got adorable because my neighbors became my clients. Amazing. And they were the best. And I yeah. love them. They're great. <laughs> Are they still taking still online? taking online. Good. They're the best. Even crazier, a friend of mine who we reconnected in LA after a long time apart, mm. became a client, started coming to in-person classes and she took over my lease when I left. So there is still- There we go. Soto happening in that garage today. Oh, that's amazing. It's really amazing. That's amazing. So now are you focusing on in-person? What is your, so now you're two years in, right? So you're two years in, this is your full-time gig. Yes. So run us through, you know, what a day kind of looks like for you, how often you're programming, what the schedule looks like, totally. what is happening on the app, because there's a lot going on in there. Sometimes even I'm like, what? Where should I go? You know, so now I'm going, I just do Monday through Friday now. (laughs) Or sorry, through Saturday. Totally. I think that where I've gotten now with the business is Soto, the goal for me has always been to build a platform that's larger than myself where we can take this predictable roadmap and apply it to a host of different modalities because what people want at the end of the day is results, efficiency, and approachability. And through this predictable format, I've been able to, to, I believe, deliver those three things. Mm -hmm. I also think that to stand the test of time as a fitness app or a platform of any kind, you need to be nimble. One day boxing's in, the next day it's out. One day running's the hot workout, the next day it's not. How can I make sure that I can be adapting with the fads and the things that people want to do? This roadmap gives me that flexibility. Yeah. And in terms of a a typical day right now, so eventually there will be a studio. Is it going to be in New York? I would love that. Is it going to be Miami? Perhaps. I'm not sure. But we are working towards our first studio build. It could be both. And it could be all. It could be both. It could be all. Exactly. In the interim, what I have been able to do that, again, your business plan changes as you respond to the needs of your clients. Monday through Friday, I have personals. So again, you're not going to see this on the Instagram or or anything because- You're still taking clients. Oh yeah. So I- One-on-one training. One-on-one training, private group classes. So I will have a session at 7.30, 9.30, 11.30, 2 o'clock. Oh, I didn't realize that you were still doing that. Yeah, so that part is very important. And I'm going to be scaling back on that as I start to grow the business in other verticals. But that was a, and it still is a very important part of the business because building champions is essential to your business. And it's the most time-consuming piece of it. It's the least scalable element of anything, but you have to do it. Because for me, it's great because I get real-time feedback. I also am wildly blessed that I have the greatest clients in the world. And I have a few clients that I can literally look at them straight in the eye and be like, you built my Miami business. There's two women that did that for me. And I tell them every time I'm with them. Oh, like, amazing. Your voices are so powerful that my business stems from your belief. 
And look at you though for thanking them because I don't think that there's many people that do that. Oh. They just assume that their business grew because of their own greatness. So oh, oh my business. <laughs> I am I am forever indebted to my friends because in the beginning they took it first. And I would spend my whole day just sending thank you texts if I could. Oh. Hopefully they know that's how I feel. And then when I'm with them, I share this this moment of gratitude with them. But the more that someone feels that the space is about them and less about you the more they're going to want to come back to it. So that's Monday through Friday, two or three days a week I'm filming. And so I either film at my house or a studio that I use in Miami. I'm then interviewing teachers because we're hiring more teachers in New York. We're hiring teachers in Miami to both teach on the platform and run in-person classes. Right, because you're removing yourself from the equation, right? Totally. You are- and I always teach. It's I'm, I love it too much to not do it, but I want to create scale. Yeah, and I course. need And I need to find those people that can carry this method with them. And so- we are having unbelievable calls with really wonderful people, but we're trying to be very specific about who we bring on because it's an extension of the brand and that level of awareness needs to be prevalent. Um, in in New York and Miami, sorry, or LA rather, LA, New York, yeah. Miami, LA, do you have any places where there are regular classes that people can go and attend right now on a weekly basis or? Stay tuned. Okay, good. Stay tuned. It's Amazing. Gonna okay, gonna good. Happen. Um, we're getting very I can close. help you out that, by the way. Oh, well, okay. you're already in there. Oh, no. Yeah. We're going to talk after okay. this on okay. that without hesitation. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> and then when you're thinking about the business itself is there's a lot of B2B opportunities. I I now have wonderful partners. Like I have been working with Whoop and Whoop is something that's a very genuine connection because I love them as a company. They have transformed the way that I approach my own fitness. And when they came to me with a, like a true partnership deal, I couldn't have been more ecstatic because- it was such an authentic alignment. Yeah. And so creating content for them as someone that came from finance, anyone who thinks that content creation is easy. It's I, not. Oh my God. I test. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't do it once. Do it every day for 30 days. Yeah. See the fatigue that comes with it and putting yourself out there. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then there's this whole element of filming, programming, replying to emails. Which is also content, by the way. <laughs> totally. It, there's a lot of different channels to manage. But yeah. what I feel really grateful of, and a friend of mine said this two years ago, is, and he told me, he's like, you're going to know when you need help. You're going to be bursting at the seams. You're going to need it. And I'm there. And it feels really good to have arrived at this place where I'm now ready to hire some people yeah. to help. You're filming yourself? You're setting up your that. cameras? You're setting up your lighting? The whole thing. But I, I know what, honestly- You do a good job. Thank you so much. The lighting much. looks great. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I can't stress this enough. You want to stay scrappy for as long as humanly possible. Here you. Money is never going to solve an issue. All money is ever going to do is it might accelerate growth for a short period of time, but it won't be sustainable. Mm. And so I've tried to take the approach of how can I build Soto sustainably before bringing on additional capital and- Anytime I've ever asked someone like, what would you want to see with Soto more? No one has ever said, I want a better studio or better lighting. They're always like, I want more. I yeah. want classes in New York. I want classes here. And so another part of my, my day-to-day are the pop-up classes. So, I mean, we have got a great schedule from here on to the rest of the year. I'm going to Atlanta, Dallas, Austin, hopefully going back to Aspen, Boston. I'll make another trip to LA. It's a lot of travel. A lot of travel. But that's how you build you got to put it in the community. Time. I mean, look, I'm a testament to that. I literally just like strolled into oh, the class because I was invited by Charlotte. And then, Charlotte, you know, the rest is history. Charlotte, our angel. She's Charlotte. the best. We love her so much. She's the best. And she's, she talk about a DM. So I sent her a DM two summers ago now. And the friendship- Just to like take a class, yeah. come take a class, come try it. Friend, The friendship that is developed from that, the support that she has given. Yeah. 
but it it's effort. And, and I think that you can never stop that cycle of constantly building your pipeline of, of powerful voices. Like you want to keep that churning all the time. And so anytime I'm tasked with a free five minutes, I'm always going back to my list of like, who would be a dream person to be a Soto ambassador? Messaging them. Doing it's the great thing. that you're even thinking about those things still, you yeah. know, even, I mean, it's not that crazy, actually. It's only two years. It's wonderful. It's crazy that it's only been two years. Yeah, like two years. How many members do you have on your platform? We got well over a thousand. Amazing. Yeah. And that's I, incredible. It feels it feels so great because it's due to the clients. Yeah. Their voices, their newfound strength, their commitment to the program is how Soto has grown. And it's how I want it to continue to grow. And I, again, talking about strong and safe infrastructures. My infrastructure isn't paid marketing. My infrastructure is incredibly strong women and men. And hey, I'm gonna say it again, men. Like I do have guys that take the class and I feel really grateful that there have been certain people that have taken Soto that have really helped it. Like he might not even know this, but I mean, Sean White did a class with me in London a few months ago. One of my very, very dear friends, they're business partners and he set that up for us and he's the one that introduced Sean to it. And I've had more DMs saying like, you know, I saw Sean do Soto and it's really kind of opened my eyes to like these dynamic movements within the Pilates format with isometrics and guys well, are not doing I it. I even love, I took actually the first couple of classes I took because I was like, I'm not doing these light weights, you know? No, I, no. So I took, but I took the the heavyweights yes. classes in the beginning and then I was like, no, wait, hold on. Let me go no. to the lightweights yes. because it was a lot, but, but yes. I liked those classes, but like that's just the way that my brain worked. I was like, I don't need these three pound weights. Like I'm not taking the three pound weight classes. I'm going for the oh, heavies. <laughs> I love it when I do these classes where a guy's coming for the first time or I've had girls too, when they have the bucket of like one pound weights and five pound weights and they grab the fives and I'm like, no. Yeah, I, I, by the way, I'm not here to stop you. Go yeah, ahead, go for it. <laughs> grab it. But you will fatigue in second 20. Yeah, it's wild to it's me crazy. though, because I'm used to like, I literally, I mean, I was a Peloton stand girl, but yeah. I would do the bike. And then on my off days, I would do the tread boot camps. Oh that was my, my program. I'm impressed. Impre- I love that. I was nuts. You're crazy. I was nuts. Literally, I would work out at, uh, at Casa and like sometimes my colleagues would come in and they'd be like, what are you training for? <laughs> I'm like, life, motherfucker. <laughs> you like know? See, I actually think what you just said is so important, which there's so many reasons to work out from, yeah. from a physical and mental standpoint. But this concept of training, and I'm reading this book right now and it's sitting over there. It's called The Right Call and it's by Sally Jenkins and she has interviewed the top athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. And what the book is really about is it's about this concept of like the athletic heart. So how can we emulate these unbelievable athletes and the way that they've decided that they're going to be the best and the actions that they put behind it to become the best, how can we put that or reframe it so that someone who's doing anything else in life can take that same philosophy and be great at what they're doing? And what's interesting about me in sports is, so I... I always played sports growing up and my husband is in, he played semi-pro soccer, could have played pro soccer. He'll joke. He said, he'll say he wasn't good enough. I think he still could have played, but he was being a pragmatic thinker and thought to himself, you know, maybe I should do something else because this doesn't have a lot of longevity. Yeah. But as our relationship has grown, like he's introduced me to, we watch a ton of sports throughout the week and he turned me on to a lot of these sport docs. And in my late twenties, I really got into it because I think what I discovered with, athleticism and especially sport arenas is it's one of the last places where effort really equals outcome. Sure. There's nepotism. There's nuances. I'm sure I'm glazing over or or rather 
not giving the time of day that they deserve, but you are only on the field if you are the best at what you do. And to become the best at what you do and what Sally Jenkins speaks to is effort. The amount of time these players are putting in to be experts of their craft is immense. And when I'm frustrated with the fact that life is not fair, or sometimes I do take my blinders off and I look at what other people are doing and it can be aggravating to acknowledge the work that you're putting in and maybe not seeing the results that you want as quickly as you want. I now notice myself getting into that habit or headspace. And instead of scrolling on Instagram or continuing this act of comparison, I put on a sports documentary. I put on the Lakers game because I'm reminded again that effort equals outcome. And you just, you can't lose sight of that. And with Soto at least, and I hope that's what people walk away with is, you put your seconds in, it's gonna work, it's yeah. gonna show. Yeah. And then you can take that and apply it to what you're doing professionally and personally. 100%. And now speaking of efforts, where are you focusing your effort now that you're on year two and a half or yeah. three? What does the future look like for, for Soto? Totally. I think where I'm focusing my energy right now is building the team. Where can I find the best coaches, the best teachers who can be equity owners in Soto and help build this platform through their wonderfully powerful voices? How can I build out the infrastructure of the Soto team to continue different channels and different revenue streams where we can have greater impact? And then this idea of clearly I want the app to continue to grow sustainably, but in person, I do want that first in-person studio because community is important. And from a just a pure like financial metrics, like it's a great investment. If it works, it's an unbelievable way to scale the business from a capital standpoint. And so that's where my mind is at. And I think that throughout all of that, what where I want to lean more into is you can tell hopefully from my persona that I am not trying to be an influencer. I know my spot in life. That is not where I'm trying to be, I swear. But what I would love to be is a thought leader for anyone that's looking for a space to have someone that understands that, Venn diagram of athletic mindset, desk job. Let me hover those two for you to make it feel possible. A hundred percent. No. And I think that you should lean into that because you are so relatable. I think, you know, for me, especially I felt for the first time, I said it earlier, like I felt seen oh, when I was, so when I turned this workout for the first time, I truly felt seen. I felt like this is a person that I could connect with. This is the person that I, that understands the life that I am yeah. living and has designed a workout. Like it was truly trust for me because mm-hmm. I am somebody that is incredibly regimented, I like to do workouts that make me feel like I want to vomit. And I always felt like I'm not going to do Pilates. I'm not going to do these little weights because it's not going to do anything for me. Yep. If I do that, I'll get fat. Yep. That's literally where my my head space was. But for whatever reason, it was a little bit of your story, a little bit of the way that you came on the camera and said, I've been sitting down all day. This is going to be 35 minutes. It's going to be hard as fuck. Get in your plank. And I was like, oh, yep. Okay we're going to do this. And I trusted and I saw what your body looked like. There was no fat there. And I was like, well, shit, if she's doing this 35 minute workout, I'm killing myself usually for an hour. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if she's doing 35 minutes, sometimes she says she's doing 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Like 
then this is going to work for me. And I'm going to at least try for 90 days. That's what I said. I'm like, at least try for 90 days. By day three, I was, and this was still when I was using the heavyweights, <laughs> taking the, the guys class. I don't even know what it is. Oh, it's my husband. Oh, that's your husband? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. like that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so like, I'm Rob, taking the, that's your husband? So yeah, so there was, so we had, there, that's so funny. Yeah. I see, I don't even, she's, she's definitely not, an, not, and not an influencer. I didn't even know what yeah, her husband so, looked so like. Classes where it's the guy that's with me in the scene. So that's my husband, Rob. And what he's been an angel in doing is when I, when I was first, really taking over or rather adding on more personals and classes, there will be days where I want to be a embodiment of the brand, which is like, I'm, I need a recovery day. I'm not just going to work out because, and, and yes, there's an element of responsibility, but there were times where I needed to film and my body wouldn't let me. And my husband would step in as the demo guy. And he just had one requirement. He's like, if we're going to do this, I need to lift heavier weights. And, uh-huh. been, and it was great because it opened up another market for soda, which was people that wanted heavier weights. And we're working on exploring, building out that channel. And I can't wait to do it. But one thing with Rob is he is quite stoic. So if you ever take a class with him, he does smile off camera. He just is very serious. On. I love that. Yeah. No, I, it, it really, this program, I love it. I, you've got me for life. Oh, I'm so honored. I've, I'm, I'm in it for life. I think just from like an entrepreneurial standpoint, I would love to know if you have any pointers for somebody who is thinking, you know, they are sitting at their desk at whether it's, yeah. you know, Goldman Sachs or Google or anywhere, McDonald's, you know, and yeah. they have this idea. What would you tell somebody now that your your business is, is flourishing to keep in mind when they're having these thoughts and how would you encourage them to just go for it? Great question. I would task any person that when you have a concept or an idea that you want to explore, be really careful of being mindful. Is it a passion or is it a strength? There is a difference. If you are passionate about something, that's a great fuel. And it's a great reason to explore a certain path. But then you have to ask yourself, do my innate strengths help me build that business model? Do my innate strengths help me be the greatest voice for this potential idea? And I think that what ends up happening is sometimes you will pursue something that's a passion and you'll realize after starting, you're like, damn, I love doing this for myself. I don't necessarily want to be the salesperson for it. However, if it's your strength, then what ends up happening is you feel this sense of empowerment from the very beginning because you're able to derive value from the start. And value can come in many different ways. It can be from having impact on someone's life. It can be from, again, actual dollars coming into the business model. It can be immediate growth from a social channel. And the more that you're able to access your strengths, in my personal opinion, the more apt you are to stick with it. And I would say then, if you have discovered that you have found something that you really like doing that plays to your strengths, then the most important thing that you can possibly do is just to not give up. I am one of a thousand billion people to say that. But if I stopped when silence happened with the business, when subscribers stopped, when there were really slow weeks, I would have quit two years ago. Right. But instead, I took stock of that moment. I asked myself, is this a flaw in my business model? Is this something that's happening cyclically in the market? What can, what can I, I change? What can I change? And what can I do as I'm being patient, as the market's catching up with me so that I can be better? Yeah. During those times, being active with my patients was critical. 
And for me, that was finding new business leads, refining the method. Because guess what? Come December, no one's signing up for fitness platforms. It's just a notoriously dead time in the industry. Yeah. So I could have quit then though and been like, all right, I did 30 days of no one signing up two years ago. This was a silly concept and a silly idea. Or instead, I could think critically about it. I could reframe the narrative and I could get back to it in January. And taking that time to really think about, okay, well, since it is such a dead time in the industry, what could I do on January 1st that would make this an approachable program for someone to sign up? Yeah, it's true. And it's funny because I, I, interestingly enough, even with this podcast, sometimes like right now, technically I'm on a break, right? So I'm shooting all of season two. I'm doing things a lot more mindfully this year to make it work for me. So sorry that you guys have been waiting for a long time, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, when you see this episode, you're going to be, we're going to be friends again. Yeah. And you know, I have more time on my hands because usually when I would come home from work, I would be editing and would be doing all of these things. But now I'm actually just trying to find different verticals of ways that I could integrate this show into people's lives even when there's no show. Totally. Because I don't want to shoot 365 days a year. The same way that you don't want to shoot 365 days a year, but I want to be a part of people's lives for 365 days a year. Really well put. So I'm trying to explore all of these different avenues and I'm finding that I really have a passion for this too. Yes. You know, like there's so much more that I want to share because when I get on here on this show, I'm sharing other people's stories. Sure, my story comes out a little bit every once in a while, but- we get so much, right? I We all are huge consumers of things and I just want to share. And I, you know, I heard you say something about like no gatekeeping. And it's so funny. Yeah. It's like, I always say too, I'm like, no gatekeeping. Like if I learn something, I want to tell everybody about it. Even if it's about a foundation, you know, I don't totally. care. I, like I recently just found a $10 foundation or sorry, $10 concealer. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is the best concealer that I've ever had. It's literally... It's ten dollars. Everyone needs to go and get it. But yeah. like, I don't understand. And I and I'm that way in business as well too. Like anything that I know and that I can pass on to somebody that works totally. for me or not, I'm the first one to tell you. Same thing with friends too. Like. I am the first person to introduce people if I think that they're going to be maybe even better friends than we're going to be one day. And I'm yes. never like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, Rachel's calling Stacy and not me and said like, no, I'm not a gatekeeper with friends, information, people, like anything. Totally. And it's just, a be- but it feels good to be that way. Completely. And I think that you just hit on something. When you're starting anything, come back to what have people said about you, whether you're in the room or outside of the room. What do people glee? people constantly come back and say about you. Because if you're listening to that and being mindful of how you're received, then you're going to start to realize all of your superpowers. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I've heard my entire life is I just want to put you in my back pocket. (laughs) And I love complimenting people for a few reasons. One, it makes me feel great because nothing makes me more upset than thinking that someone does not think they're fabulous. And if I can help pull that out. I'm going to do that. And speaking of hormones in the past, so I was on birth control for my entire life. Did you go off? Went off of it. In That's January. what happened to me. Yep. And it fucked Same me thing. up yeah. badly. My skin, my skin is a journey right now. And I would say that it's very hard to be in this new phase where I am trying to conceive. So all the options that would help my skin can't take them. And that's okay. Cause you know what? the thought of forming and starting our family is so much more important than, than a pimple. Than a pimple. Yep. And I'm okay with that. And I thankfully have the greatest partner in the world who makes me feel gorgeous, even when I feel like I'm the most heinous looking human that's ever walked the planet. Oh my God, we're on the same same journey. I'm not trying to have babies, but we're on the same, no. it's the same thing. Yeah. And I will tell you that the reason why if you meet me and I tell you you're beautiful is because I you just don't know when someone needs to hear it. And a few 
like a month ago, I was having a horrible day. I was about to teach a class. I wanted to cancel because I truly felt so ugly. I felt disgusting. I did not feel like myself. I couldn't look in the mirror. I had to go teach this class. I had to put a smile on. And that's sometimes the hardest thing about my job is it's not that I'm faking it. It's just that to conjure up positive feelings and optimism when you feel defeated can be a little bit challenging. And I had this wonderful Uber driver who, when I left, she said to me, she's like, oh, she goes, you are just so beautiful. It couldn't have been further from the truth in that moment. What she said to me, just, I needed to hear it. And it made me feel infinitely better. It gave me a sense of confidence back that I had lost. And I hate the fact that skin can strip that from away from you, but it does. And I just remember that you just don't know when someone needs to hear those words. And if I can be those words for someone to pull them out of a rut, I want to be that person every damn time. And so it comes from a very authentic place. And I hope that if and when you meet me and I say this to you, you just know that I'm not saying it because I'm just saying it. I'm saying it because it's true. Yeah. And too often we don't say the thing that we just should because me telling you you're gorgeous doesn't take anything away from who I am. There's abundance in that term. 100%. Yes. No, I love that. And you do always say that during the class. Gorgeous. I love it. (laughs) Gorgeous. Last question. And then we're going to be done. What does success look like for you in Soto? Great question. I think where I have found the most solace and where I can really ground my feet is the fact that Soto could end today and I would have solved my biggest problem, which is when I'm tasked with 30 minutes to work out, I know exactly what to do. And I feel great about it and I feel motivated to start doing it. And at the end of every single time I have finished whatever workout I've set out to via that Soto roadmap, my agency is realigned. My body feels empowered and it it just has given me so much from a personal standpoint that it's a success. What success looks like on a larger scale is I want to share soda with as many people who need it. I've always said, if you, if you have figured out your workout routine and you feel great about it, don't, I need, don't change it. Don't change it. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. If you haven't though, and Soto is the thing that strikes the nerve within you that gets you to love working out again or to commit to a program that's going to really lead to new strength, then I've done my job. And that's success for me is just impacting as many people who need a program like this so that they can be the best versions of themselves in their professional and personal life. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Oh my God, my pleasure. Oh my God. Thank well, so I hope that you. everybody was holding a squat while you were listening to that episode. The entire time. <laughs> the entire time. The entire time. But truly guys, this workout is transformational. It really is incredible. And Hillary is an amazing person. Oh. So if she didn't inspire you to, it doesn't even matter if it's Soto, get up and work out and do something for yourself. Like that is like, that has also been a huge takeaway for that I've gotten from your classes as well. You're just like, doesn't matter. Take a 10 minute, take a five minute, like do whatever you have to do, but just do something for you yeah. because life can be hard. Life can be challenging. Life can be sedentary sometimes. And yep. you have to just like move beyond all of that. Perfectly put. And, um, you're awesome. You're amazing. I, I adore you. Adore you right back. Where can everybody find you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find me at at sotomethod.com or www.sotomethod.com. And if you want to find me in the app store, shocking, Sotomethod, and you'll find it there. And then Instagram is at Sotomethod, right? Yes. Perfect. And we're going to continue to watch the story grow. I cannot wait to see where everything goes. Thank you. I hope we get to see you a lot in New York, but I see you every day on my computer and it's nothing but love, darling. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's, it's truly motivational to me and inspirational and 
love, love all around. Love you. Love you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to continue growing on this journey with you. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you'll subscribe here, wherever it is that you might be listening. And why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube at World Your Oyster Podcast. We also have an awesome newsletter, so I hope that you'll visit us there at www.worldyouroysterpodcast and hit subscribe as soon as you get to our website. Don't forget, we'll see you next Friday. Bye!